the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time and Such a time. It's not just about he was born. Did you know he was born to die? If you really think about that, here's this baby and and Mary and and what Mary had to go through at the foot of the cross. And he was actually born to die, to live in the womb, to be born of a virgin because it's fully God, not man. But he was fully God and fully man. We can't quite understand that, that union. And then he was raised and, and we didn't even hear about him. Maybe one time at 12 years old. For 30 years, nothing until it's time to begin his ministry and pay the sin debt of the world. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the second part of this timely message from Pastor Shane titled, Nothing is Impossible for God. The late Leonard Ravenhill once said, Prayer is not an argument with God to persuade Him to move things our way, but an exercise by which we are enabled by His Spirit to move ourselves His way. Today, Pastor Shane shatters all doubt, pointing out the true power found in the living pages of Scripture. Listen now and be transformed today by this powerful, life-changing message of hope through Jesus. The only way, the only truth, and the only life. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. It's interesting. He said, don't, don't go out and do anything just yet. Wait in an upper room for 40 days, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That word, It's a preposition, E-P-I, epi. It's an overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And that, I will submit to you, is what most Christians are lacking. Because we quench and grieve the Spirit. Shane, I don't want to hear about all this. I just came to hear about a baby born in a manger. Well, too bad. I got you. I got you here, and now you got to listen, right? So the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her and overshadow her, and that one born will be called the Son of God. And Luke one thirty six. now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived. So now her relative is conceived. John the Baptist is going to be the forerunner of Christ. And she's in her old age. Again, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And now in the sixth month, she was called barren, but now she is bringing forth her son. For with God, nothing... So think about it. He brought John the Baptist from an old womb that was no longer active. 
And then he brought Jesus in to Mary, and and that's why the Scripture says nothing is impossible with God. And maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. Nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There's so much there. If we would just submit to what God wants to do, we would avoid a lot of problems. Can you imagine her just arguing and saying, No, 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 I'm not ready. I'm only 16. We got to get our finances in order first. We're not, you know, and, and, and no, Lord. So when God wants us to do something, it's vitally important that we do it. And then Luke 2, Christ is born. Christ is born. Luke 2, it says that they went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. Uh, And if I had a map, I could show you, but they're up really high in the area of Israel and they're coming down the nation of Israel, Jezreel Valley was there. They had to cross through that with Jezebel and where all that took place hundreds of years ago and, and keep going down, 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 down to this point where God called them to go. Rejoice. The baby is about ready to be born. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She brought forth her firstborn son. Why this is so important is because it goes against the doctrine of perpetual virginity. Do you know there's a doctrine out there that says Mary was always a virgin because they want to make her godlike? The Immaculate Conception, perpetual virginity, it's not in the Bible. It's not true. Councils have decreed those things. It's her firstborn of many. The Bible will teach you a great deal if you listen. And she wrapped him in the swaddling clothes and they laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Boy, that would preach a sermon. There was no room for Jesus. Same thing happens today. Correct? No, I don't have time for that. No, that's for women. That's for weak people. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid. Do you know the Bible says that 365 times? Do not be afraid. 365 times. One for every... All right, you guys are with me. Got to wake up. I'm going to make you do jumping jacks and have everyone have an espresso. Do not be afraid. I bring you great tidings of great joy for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. It's interesting. They would always often say Christ the Lord. Christ, Christos, the, the Messiah who we've been waiting for, but not just that, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a, you know, there was a big debate in the 80s and 90s about Lord's, Lordship salvation. I'm not going to get into all that, but an A.W. Tozer said, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so, again, I don't want to get into that. And I, I see, you know, kind of, what people are trying to say, but the bottom line is He is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not wiggle room. You don't say, okay, save me, and then I'm not going to submit under your Lordship. 
It's, it's all in the same. If a person doesn't submit to the Lordship, you have to wonder, is he their Savior? They go together. There's no, there's no way around that. And I want to challenge maybe some of you this morning, if you've never been baptized, or you're baptized as an infant, or as a kid and it didn't mean anything, do that today. Do that today. What a wonderful holiday to do that on. We've got the water. We've got clothes you can change into. And you can leave here making that commitment. After the angel told them this, suddenly, suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. And what were they praising God and saying? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. They were worshiping. You'll see that throughout Scripture. There was always worship. Because when something dramatic and impactful takes place, most people just didn't stand around. Boy, oh boy. What did they do? There was, it's, isn't it, is it, you guys, some of you know it, that's a, that's a, there's no other response sometimes. Like there's no other response but to worship. You don't feel like, well, let me go home and read my Bible. That's good, but you don't feel like doing that. Oh, let me put on air one and listen. Well, you need to change it to 91.9, but that's okay. It's a joke. I always, when I hop in my wife's van, I'm like, why are you listening to Air One? You know we have a radio station. But sometimes we want more worship. You know, I understand that. That was a rabbit trail. But the response is often worship when you understand the glory of God, the magnitude of God, the awesomeness of God. It, it compels the heart to worship. That word worthy, it is, He is worthy of our worship, of our adoration, of our time, of our affections, of, of, and how we worship God. It's not just here on Sunday, but it's also throughout our life. Did you know that your lifestyle is a form of worship? It's, I would, I would submit to you, I don't want to, you know, tick anyone off, but I, I would submit to you that it's more important than coming here on Sunday morning and singing some songs. Because who we are on Sunday is who we are Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. It's the outflow of what's already going on inside of us. And so as we're living our life and, and obeying God's Word and, and, and falling forward and, and worshiping, and then Sunday is just an expression of what's already been going on. We can't live like hell on Monday and come and expect God to really worship God on Sunday. That's what they call going through the motions. That's what they call half-hearted in the Bible. That's what they call carnal. It's, 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 it's going through the motions. Like Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, he said, you draw nigh unto me, King James. NIV would say, you draw close to me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Always an issue of the heart. And so the angels were singing, and, and the angels had gone away, and they went up to heaven, and the shepherd said, now let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing ha- that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They hurried up. See, when they, when they want to meet Jesus, they, they, they hurried up. He became the priority. And that's why I try to tell people, is He your priority? Is, is Christ your priority? And they found him lying in the manger. 
And when they had seen him, they made him widely, they made it widely known saying this child has been born. And all those who heard it, they marveled. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So I often reference this and say, it's okay not to tell people everything. You ever get in trouble by telling people too much? Or just me? Now I know why pastors are kind of quiet, because you just can get a lot of trouble. Just... In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And I don't know, that always just kind of sticks out. The Mary just, just, she didn't go around telling everybody, guess what, I have the Messiah. Look at it. Because not everyone would be supportive. I'm pretty sure not everyone would believe her. And so he was foretold, then he came, and then he ascended. He ascended, Acts 1, 9 through 11, approximately 33 years later. It says, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, here's the key. Don't miss this. What's going to happen? This is what, this is the next thing. He will come in like manner. So the way he went up with authority, with power, in that same manner, he is going to come back. That's what we're waiting on. He was taken up and he will come back. And that's why I asked the question, are you ready for his descent? Are you truly ready for his descent? Well, how can I be ready? Well, do you know him? That's, that's clear throughout Scripture. Do you know Him? And it's not that you check things off. I do this and I do this. It has nothing to do with that. If you ever talk to someone and they say, you know, I'm a good person or I do this or I've always been a Christian, you might want to talk to them a little bit longer. Do, do you truly know Him? Have that relationship with Him? And so that's what we are waiting for the 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 ascension to come to, to he descend he ascended then he's going to ascend and come back and it's ironic i don't want to get into the weeds on this but when he when he died on the cross he was resurrected he stuck around for a little while did you know that any guess on how long he stuck around just saying that's a number there he fasted for 40 days. He stuck around for 40 days. The flood waters, 40 days. Elijah, 40 days. Moses, 40 days. Maybe God is talking to some of you. I'll leave that between you and Him. And so now, what we are doing in Revelation, I'm teaching through Revelation, we are talking about His return. And I think it's so important during this time of year. Because it's not just about he was born. Did you know he was born to die? 
That was, that was, and if you really think about that, here's this baby and, and Mary and, and what Mary had to go through at the foot of the cross. And he was actually born to die, to live in the womb, to be born of a virgin because it's fully God, not man, but he was fully God and fully man. We quite can't quite understand that, that union. And then he was raised and, and we didn't even hear about him. Maybe one time at 12 years old for 30 years, nothing until it's time to begin his ministry and pay the sin debt of the world. And I get this question sometimes. Maybe I'll, I'll take a quick rabbit trail. And I know what they're saying, and, and a lot of times it's because you know maybe they're not a Christian or that the relationship maybe isn't where it needs to be. But, but you know, they'll, they'll say, Shane, you, you talk like so... It's not arrogant. You know, it's, it's just so confident like i mean the bible is written by men it's like it's like how's it set apart from any other book i mean you just you kind of get dogmatic about it. <laughs> now that would take a sermon right to unpack because there's a lot there but the difference is and they are correct it it comes alive in my heart i don't believe it is fairy tales. I don't believe it was written by men. I believe that holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit and that God put this together. And you can look at that. It was even interesting looking at the map of all the places in Israel. You can still identify uh, that scientifically, prophetically, archaeologically, all the confirmations of Scripture. It's not just some kind of book thrown together. It, it has life, and it, it and you know, as a believer, it it speaks to you. It comes alive, and it cha- it's changed your heart and changed your life. It's there's so much to that. People think it's like, well, some guys do it together. Well, you try, try putting. Look at the Hebrew language, and look at even the word. How the the, the each sentence begins in the Hebrew. It spells a certain thing, and and what Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua all flowing together, written over fifteen hundred years by forty different authors, saying the same thing, pointing in the same direction. No inconsistency. I've thrown it out. I've told atheists, show me, show me the scientific inconsistency where the Bible just completely missed it. And you'll find 9.9.9999 times, they're just repeating what they heard. They have no clue. Because if they would dig in with an open heart, they would see the truth and the validity of Scripture. And so now we have his returning, and you'll often hear me say the lamb is returning as a lion and the servant is returning as a king. I love this part about the return because he came as a lamb, right? And he's coming back as a lion. Big difference. Big difference. No smiley, turn the other cheek. I'll wash your feet, Jesus. That, that one came. Now he's coming back. And we can't truly appreciate we can't truly appreciate the good news without knowing about the bad news. That's why I know a lot of people, they try to make the gospel very soft and very appealing. And what's the word? Palatable? You know, taste well. And let's just, you know, show them all the good stuff. And that's why you'll see a lot of these 
churches are exploding. You know, some of the mega churches and, you know, million dollars in cameras. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about building the audience and motivating and, and this great news. But if you don't understand the bad news, the good news doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, what about, for example, if I came and told Morgan, hey, I've got this, I met this guy, he's going to pay off our, our debt. She said, oh, okay, that's, that's cool. Well, no, uh, actually, it's a lot more than that. I'm, I'm a million dollars in debt, and I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. Oh, the good news makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Uh, night and day. So when you show the bad news as the backdrop and then bring in the good news, now there's a better understanding of actually what this good news is and how important it is. And you have heard me quote this scripture, but I want to show you it on the screen with his returning. Revelation 19 that we'll get to in the months ahead. So John saw heaven open and behold, I just want you just just read this and just look at the language here. John saw heaven open a white horse, and he who sat on that white horse was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one else knew except himself, and he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, they follow him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. What's he going to do? He's going to rule the nations, strike the nations, and rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress and the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Did you know that's in the Bible? You're not going to hear that very much on Sundays because it's not too popular. You're trying to build a big church. You better not read this verse. And he has on his robe and on his right thigh, meaning a place of position and strength, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is his name. He is not a part of my life. He is my life. How many of you can say the same thing? How many of you can truly say that? He is not part of my life. He is my life. And I hear that a lot. Which, yeah, he's a, he's a part of my life, you know, kind of when I can get to it and make it work. But Paul said, in him I live and move and have my being. It, it, it's, it's everything. And again, it's, it doesn't mean you're a perfect person. Actually, a lot of times Christians have more attacks. Amen? Man, life was a lot easier when I was in the world. Things just seemed to... Go smooth. There's a spiritual attack. And wise men still seek Him. Wise men still seek Him. So I want to end with this point about a response. A response. All things are possible. That's what the sermon is about. All things are possible. The Bible just said all things are possible. So what are you believing God for today? What are you believing Him for? Your health issues? Healing? Financial doors? Prodigal sons to come home? Wayward daughters? What, what do you believe in God for? That breakthrough? That ministry? God, I need, to, I need for you to move in this area. What are you believing Him for? 
But with a sermon title like that, I have to give you a disclaimer. And I called it the heresy alert. Because what I just said, everything I just said is absolutely true. But some people will take that and, have you heard the term name it and claim it? Grab it, I don't know, blab it and grab it. And it's almost like whatever, whatever the sole of your foot touches, whatever you, and you become God and you tell God what to do. Rub the genie in the bottle. Here's what I want. Because there's, with scripture, there's, there's, what many people do is if you stay balanced, you stay biblical, you stay biblical. Listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.